0: and welcome to my Heart to Heart podcast. I am your host, Kathy Jo Hart. I am a Christian speaker and author of God's Chosen Helper. Our focus is to discuss the hot topics of the day and how it relates to the Bible and the lessons through the love of Christ. Last week's episode about ESG, DEI, CEI, and environmental social governance caught the attention of people from all sides of the political aisle. Most surprisingly, their responses had nothing to do with politics, but were about their communities and the safety of children. Those in the LGB community shared their stories of being bullied by the TQ activists and of being either coerced into compliance or or submission. Those who responded said they have enjoyed their private LGB lives and do not want to be associated with the TQ movement, as they do not believe in gender-affirming care for children. They believe the activists are turning children into victims and that this push is hurting real trans people. They do not want their LGB community to be affiliated with this movement. Other responses were concerns about ESG and the role Wall Street had in the development of the scoring system and their willful ignorance of slave labor for green products and goods coming from the Congo, China, Vietnam, and other countries. The common question was, what can be done to stop this? In our last episode, we talked about boycotts and the power of the purse. The pressures of boycotts are already working. Those companies who believe in keeping American values and who are not falling prey to the opinions of social activists are becoming more difficult to find. Until recently, Anheuser-Busch opposed ESG efforts. When they decided to embrace trans icon Dylan Mulvaney, their sales plummeted and as a result their stock lost 27 billion dollars and it continues to decline Target so far has lost 15 billion dollars since their TQ+ campaign of tucking clothing lines and satanic design wear promotions in their stores and CEOs are worried And many are waiting to see what the federal SEC does with their disclosure rules. But guess what the asset management companies of BlackRock, Blackstone, and KKR are doing now that their strong-arm activism has been uncovered? They are encouraging companies to avoid public policy positions until people forget about it and move on. Remember that ESG silence does not mean victory. It means secrecy. As Milton Friedman, one of the most respected economists in the world, said, economic freedom is an essential requisite for political freedom. The combination of economic and political power in the same hands is a sure recipe for tyranny. And this is from his book, Free to Choose. And the political lobbying influence in our government by Wall Street, the World Economic Forum, climate activists, and the human rights campaign is the very recipe for tyranny that Milton Friedman warned us about. As Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 states, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. But make no mistake, the World Economic Forum is doing everything in its power to change your behaviors. In an article that appeared in the Wall Street Journal on June 14, 2023, titled, The World Economic Forum is Coming for Your Cars, Uncovered a plan to reduce the number of cars in the U.S. by 50% by 2030 and the number of cars around the world by 75% by the year 2050. It is called the Urban Scorecard Tool and it recommends electrification, public transport, and shared mobility. Bottom line is, they are trying to limit your freedom of travel. Do you see who is mandating this? A bunch of elites who don't even drive a car. They pay people to drive their cars, fly their private planes, and sail their private yachts in order to travel around the world to do what? To solve global emissions. I mean, the hypocrisy is rich especially when their private modes of transportation leave a greater carbon footprint than individual cars. What would the cost be for public transportation without high taxpayer government subsidies? This isn't about climate. This is about reducing individual freedoms in exchange for another failed social experiment. What about the rural areas? What about farmers? In their climate controlled utopia, the costs to re engineer infrastructures and reimagine centralized planning would greatly outweigh the benefits. Do you really want a global government to control 100% of where you live, how you live, while controlling 100% of the global food source? No, of course not. Over the past 10 years, our society has been plunged into a nightmarish social experiment where none of the political ideological policies have been researched, peer-reviewed, or even proven effective. But we do have peer-reviewed experiments and research about massive societal failures The most well-known utopian-structured experiment was done in the 1960s for the National Institute of Mental Health. This was called Universe 25, conducted by renowned scientist Dr. John B. Calhoun, who was an ethologist who studied biological behaviors in animals. Dr. Calhoun used mice to create an ideal world of a utopian existence. Controlled sources of food, water, and nesting places were provided along with a protected environment from predators. No effort was required by the mice to hunt, to build, to gather, or to protect themselves and others for their survival. Everything was controlled and given to them. This was the perfect mice utopia. What began as a population density experiment ended with the extinction of the mice colony. So what happened? Why did the perfect utopian life end in extinction? Well, in the beginning, life was good. At first, the mice did well. Their numbers doubled every 55 days. But after 600 days the population peaked at 2,200, and this is when the colony began to decline even though the material needs were still being met. It was by day 315 Dr. Calhoun observed the first signs of a breakdown in social norms and structure. Females began abandoning their young Males no longer defended their territory, and both sexes became more violent and aggressive. Mice born into the chaos couldn't form normal social bonds or engage in complex social behavior such as courtship, mating, and pup rearing. Instead of interacting with their peers, males compulsively groomed themselves. Females stopped getting pregnant deviant social and sexual behaviors mounted with each passing day the young mice never had to acquire resources on their own they did not learn essential life skills necessary to survive and eventually the desire faded away the experiment proved overpopulation was not the reason for the colony's decline because prior to the population peak 20 percent of the nesting beds were not full so why did the colony become extinct dr calhoun concluded in his comparisons with humanity quote, "herein is the paradox of a life without work or conflict when all sense of necessity is stripped from the life of an individual life ceases to have purpose the individual dies in spirit" end quote. What we should be concerned about is the U.S. alone has seen a 19% decrease in birth rates since 2007. We are in a global birth rate decline. What may appear to be good for the climate, a declining birth rate spells disaster economically. Elon Musk sounded the alarms when he said, the greatest threat to our civilization is declining birth rates. And according to the Universe 25 experiment, his warnings are true. This is not good. But why push an extreme political agenda combining LGBTQ plus activism with climate change? This is political activism on steroids. Our society has been manipulated and controlled through the weaponization of fear. But why? Because it is so easy to do. When the younger generation question why older adults are pushing back on the climate change hysteria, it is because we have already lived through decades of environmental hysteria and have witnessed continuous failed predictions by environmental scientists, activists, and politicians. These are the same battle cries heard over and over again since the 1970s. This is a classic example of the boy who cried wolf. I remember in the 1970s learning about global cooling This is when environmental activism first began. This was taught in schools throughout the 1970s. The world was going to be in an ice age by the year 1990. If we don't do something now, the cooling will not be reversed, is what the environmental scientists said. There was an article in Look Magazine in the 1970s that stated, quote, in 25 years, 70 to 85 percent of living animal species will be extinct, end quote. And we were frightened. I grew up in northern Ohio when we had the infamous blizzard of 1978, where we got over a foot of snow and it shut down schools and businesses for over one week. The threat seemed so real, But when global cooling predictions were challenged in the 1980s, the narrative changed to global warming and that if it wasn't reversed by the year 2000, it will be too late to avert catastrophe. Entire nations were predicted to be wiped off the face of the earth by rising sea levels if global warming was not reversed by the year 2000. Also predicted by climate scientists during this time— was that by the year 2000, snow would become extinct in the UK. Now, I'm not saying that climate change is not real. I am saying that the hysteria surrounding global cooling and global warming movements are nothing more than failed predictions that have politicized environmental issues. The latest push for the ESG scoring system is another attempt at social engineering, but with greater consequences. In 2019, climate activist and politician Ocasio-Cortez said, The world will end in 12 years if climate change is not addressed. But those who have positioned themselves as climate masters continue to use their private yachts and private planes for their climate change conferences while demanding everyone else be forced into green energy compliance. They are the ones who coordinated the Great Reset. They have infiltrated government positions with their young global leader activists to force change from within government bureaucracies. You tie that with the LGBTQ plus lobbyists, it spells tyrannical disaster. But those who are pushing the green energy mandates point to scientific consensus of dire catastrophes if we do not act now. And I question anything that is built on consensus. For 1,400 years, astronomers believed that the Earth was the center of the universe. This was an accepted scientific consensus. When Galileo promoted the new scientific discovery that the sun was the center of the universe, he was placed on house arrest for the rest of his life. The problem of scientific consensus is that it is not based on pure logic or pure facts. When scientific consensus is used in public policy debates, it is often used for the validity of a theory, and then that theory is used as a gateway belief upon which other beliefs and then actions are based. And as I wrote in my book, God's Chosen Helper, science defended and promoted by politics cannot be trusted because politics, not science, eliminates opposing theories and disproportionately promotes the politically based theories. The casualty is the scientific method, which in turn endangers science itself. But there is another scientific and mathematical reason for climate change and you can find it on the NASA.gov website. This is referred to as the Milankovitch Cycles. Now, I'm not going to pretend that I am an expert in Milankovitch Cycles, but what I do know is the Earth has always been in climate cycles. And as the article read, quote, it is the angle of Earth's axis of rotation that is tilted as it travels around the sun called obliquity. It is axial precession that makes seasonal contrasts more extreme in one hemisphere and less extreme in another. The axial precession is also due to its interactions with Jupiter and Saturn, end quote. And through the advancement of technology, the Milankovitch cycles have been proven accurate. There is so much more to climate change than gas-powered cars, stoves, cows, and anything else the environmentalists can come up with to restrict our freedoms. Although science is complicated, it is so much easier to control people through fear than it is to control the climate. Because once we allow freedom to be taken away, we won't be getting it back. The main point in all of this, the transgender movement, the climate hysteria, the forced compliance of LGBTQ plus policies, ESG, DEI, and CEI, is the use of fear to drive manipulation with the end game of growing a big government, which in turn will evolve into global tyrannical governance. The psychology of fear has been well documented in history. President John Adams said, fear is the foundation of most governments. Why? Because there is great power in the exploitation of fear. The constant fear-driven chaos has placed our society in fear psychosis. Repetition of falsehoods and misinformation has perpetuated fear and hatred in the public consciousness. As George Orwell wrote in his book 1984, Political language is designed to make lies sound truthful and murder respectable, and to give an appearance of solidity to pure wind. Hmm, where have I heard something similar before? Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And it continues in verse 21, Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. You see, fear leads to anxiety and depression and can lead people towards a sense of helplessness. These emotions depend on our thoughts and negative mindsets that Satan automatically replays in our minds. He wants you to feed on these emotions, and he does this by keeping you stuck in a place where you cannot see a way out. And politicians know this very well. It seems like since 9-11, our country has been stuck on the concept of the sky is falling approach to all the world's problems. So how do we overcome fear? Well, the first step is to turn off the TV and stop using your smartphone for headline news updates. I don't care which political aisle you prefer, just stop. The TV news reporting back in the day was one hour long. Now we have 24-hour news cycles, and they all say the same thing. Go back to reading newspapers instead of the interpretations of opinions. Find different news sources. I personally use news sources outside of the U.S. There are a few journalists who have the independence to report accurate news in the United States, and those few who do are being berated, fired, ruined, or canceled. As the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16-20, through 20, There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers." step away from social media. Good Lord, just eliminate it completely. Start listening to more podcasts as these are not supported or influenced by corporate entities, or at least not yet. When Robert F. Kennedy Jr. decided to run for president on the Democrat ticket, he decided to bypass the news programs and go directly to podcasters. Why would he do that? because he has the freedom to speak to the American people without censorship on his stance on vaccines and climate change. He can have honest conversations instead of fending off interruptions by opinionated hosts. But YouTube recently removed a podcast between him and Jordan Peterson, because he dared to speak out against the vaccines, even though he served as the vaccine czar under the Trump administration. So if you want to hear more about his insights on the vaccine, go to Twitter. It's on there. But in my book, in Chapter 16 of God's Chosen Helper, I wrote that when God was removed from our governing principles, the government created the fastest-growing religion today. It is called politics. Government now has empowered prosecution against the Church, the Bible, and God. This is clearly evident in the ESG scoring system. The argument used by the Supreme Court to remove prayer and the Bible from schools in the early 1960s was this. The Constitution of the United States has therefore wisely provided that religion should never be united with the state. But this is exactly what happened when the Supreme Court ruled against Judeo-Christian values. By eliminating these values, the government had unchallenged authority to create and become its own religion. The balance of power was eliminated, and we have seen the rise of the religion of politics. And this is how the Satanic Temple received their religious nonprofit 501 C three status. Their deity is also politics. But when the US Supreme Court removed the Founding Fathers' Judeo Christian governing values, the government allowed itself to create manipulate, micromanage, and mold modern societies to their own undefined shifting standards. And this has resulted in the promotion of a godless society. Since the COVID-19 lockdowns, our society has been morally spinning out of control and is in hyper-overdrive in destroying any resemblance of a civil society. This has pushed our emotional and mental health into a sharp decline. And the decline continues. And this is where the devil has a stronghold in society's mental and emotional ills. We need God more than ever, as he is the only one who can defeat the devil. But God has been removed from all solutions and those who don't comply to godlessness are resented and not tolerated. In Psalm chapter 14 verse 1, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. Their deeds are vile. There is no one who does good. In Psalm 37 8, Refrain from anger and turn away from wrath. Do not fret. It only leads to evil. Then in Proverbs chapter one, verse seven, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. And there are 365 times in the Bible that says, do not be afraid. As King David wrote, fear Leads only to evil. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You see, God knew that living in fear would lead to evil. That's because those who live in fear do not have an identity in God. Those that live in fear need an enemy in order to know who they are, as they do not have an identity of their own. Doesn't that sound like where we are today? Living in fear, chaos, confusion, conflicts, and it isn't going to stop anytime soon unless we come together and fight against it. But we cannot do it alone. We need to drop to our knees. We need to fast and pray and to join other prayer warriors. God wants us to be steadfast against the power of the evil one. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 through 11, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. If you are concerned about what is happening with the transgender movement, the affirming gender care for children, climate hysteria, ESG, DEI, and CEI, then share these podcasts so others can learn the truth. Please like and and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss future episodes. As we close in prayer, be steadfast in your stance against businesses, schools, and even churches promoting ungodly principles. Now is the time to take a stand, and together we can bring God back into our society, bring Judeo-Christian values back into our schools, the state, and federal governments, and bring families back together in the name of Jesus Christ. And let us pray. Dear Father, we come to you with broken identities and fearful hearts. Lord, guide us with knowledge, wisdom, discernment, and your truth to fight against the evils of this world. And we pray for those in leadership positions to soften their hearts and to turn against evil. Thank you, Father, for your guidance, for your love and mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.